You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed or following the Locked On Podcast, I mean the Locked On Browns Podcast, obviously, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Today, Tuesday's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the Ultimate NFL season preview brought to you by the NFL, the Lockdown NFL podcast, August 30th through September 8th. The Lockdown NFL podcast is previewing every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever your podcast you listen to beginning again today, which was Monday the 30th, but taking you through September 8th. We are going to sit down today, as we normally do, one day after a Browns game, after all the grades are solidified. Uh, So we're going to get to some offense. We're going to get to some defense with John Costco. Uh, Already a bunch of roster moves have been made to this point. We're going to sit down with John with it, uh, break this all down. Um, Normally, we'll do some defense first, sometimes we'll offense first, but like we did last night, I'm sorry, like we did with the post game with Pete Smith, we're, we're going to talk offense first. As John said last week, as John said the week before, well, Tom Brady played in the preseason. Um, and look, it comes to a point where, you know, you don't want your quarterback going seven weeks without taking live reps. And look, yes, you can mimic these things. Of course you can. But look, live bullets are live bullets. Baker Mayfield got out there last night. John saw some two ridiculously good drives. Both would have led to points. I, you know, I have zero issue with what Coach Stefanski did on the first drive, saying fourth and goal from the six, seven, whatever. We're here to get working. We're not worried about whether or not you know we're going to be able to get field goals here and there. That stuff will sort itself out. But you, know, you got to see Baker. You got to see him. He was ready. He was fired up. He was clear. He was concise. And you know, a lot of followers have been coming back to me today about the throw that he had to Kaderil Hodge for the touchdown. And saying, you know, if a certain other quarterback or two had possibly made this throw, John, maybe it would have gotten a lot more notoriety or been spoken about a lot more today. But that is what it is. But, John, Baker Mayfield finally got him out there. And there is no camp rust. There was no camp dust, any of that stuff. Six is ready to go. It still may be two weeks away, but it looks like six is ready to go. Yeah, he he ran the offense uh, efficiently. Um, he was he was accurate on most of his throws. He, you know, he did miss the to third down in the red zone on the first drive to Katero Hodge. Um, you know, and had a couple of batted passes. As you know, that's more on the defense being good and everything like that. But essentially, they he was he was you know quick with the delivery, quick with the timing, was in rhythm of the offense, and basically they they went up and down the field for for two drives, and then. You know, you're basically two scoring drives essentially if they don't go for four, you know, fourth. And also, I don't, you know, the play call in that play, um, probably not the greatest, but um, yeah, I think Baker looked good and, you know, he looked like how you, you want him to look going into the season. 
and look, that's all you want. And I think for everybody, I, I, yes, the excitement was there. Everybody wanted to see Baker. And I'm sure Baker was definitely in Coach Stefanski's ear saying, you know what, Coach, I think in the best thing for me, you know, maybe some live reps. Um, you know, you did obviously not get to see J.C. Treader, but we got to see fourth-fifths of, four, four of this offensive line. Um, and we did joke about it today with Pete, John, giving Kareem Hunt those two carries. I'm not sure what the difference was there where now all of a sudden, well, he got two carries against Atlanta in week three of the preseason. So Kareem's ready to go. Um, but you got Makes to no see, difference, you know, right? Yeah, oh, huge, huge. He's ready to go now. I mean, it's, no, that's it. Now, now the stamp of approval. But we got to see the offensive line at work. And we also got to see, you know, all the guys, you know, battling for these backup roles on the offensive line. Uh, of course, we got to see a little bit more of Felton, uh, Dearness Johnson, John Kelly, who actually had a nice summer. There's not a chance in the world or a spot in the world for him on this roster, uh, but was able to put up some yards here. But, you know, some thoughts here overall on the offense and maybe some notable performances uh, performances from the guys last night. And, look, if the Browns won the last football game of the preseason, that means they won the Super Bowl of the preseason. So, you know, there's something to hang your hat on, everybody. Uh, but some notable performances that maybe caught your eye last night, John. There you go. They won the Super Bowl of the preseason because it was the last game. I never, never thought about that. Um, you know, there's there some – Kadero Hodge had a good game. Davion Davis had a good game. Um, th- those are kind of the st- standouts in terms of, like, receiving weapons. Uh, Kyle Markway, I know he's not going to make the roster, but he had a good, solid game there. Uh, five receptions, 54 yards. Um, Davion, Davion Davis and Kadero Hodge were pretty featured heavily in those games. Uh, you know, you're talking about 10, 10 targets. Uh, for Davion, Kendall Hodge is only out there with Baker, and you know you got three targets, and both you know obviously one, both, two for potential touchdowns. So th- those guys, they they look clean and crisp. They you know ran really good routes. Um, and then you know from the offensive line perspective, when the first team u- unit was out there, you know with with Nick Harris, uh, the four starters only gave up one, like only got beat on like one individual assignment. Uh, you know Jedrick Wells was was um, clean so was uh, so was uh oh gosh joel batonio and mm-hmm. jack conklin white teller gave up one minor bd uh which is he was beat on his rush it didn't result in a, any type of pressure or anything like that but that those in you know, an offensive line looks ready to go so that's encouraging uh always what you're looking for but now you know obviously the skill guys um you know you mentioned markway which is an interesting one and it was a situation for him being brought back here had the advantage of you know knowing the offense showed well but as much as i keep harping on it john and you know thinking that their love of playing two tight ends means that some way they would like to keep four it doesn't seem it's going to shape out that way it certainly seems more it's going to shape out where they would probably value the extra offensive lineman granted they hope he never plays but finding something and look we did see this last year uh you know with kendall lamb where they were using him as an extra you know as a as a tight end in some sorts of circumstances, maybe that could be the way to go. Maybe it's an option for Chris Hubbard to get some reps that he's unlikely to see otherwise, but it seems more and more that they're going to value the fact that running back is strong. Wide receiver is deep. Offensive line is just a treasure trove at this point, as opposed to maybe keeping that fourth tight end. Yeah. And we also, you know, they don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. If they're looking to get in a, a reliable fourth guy or something like that, that they can trust, um, you know, via trade or, or just other cut downs too. So, you know, this, this, ro- this final roster is obviously fluid and stuff like that, but 
yeah, it does appear that they are, you know, at least for the time being, that they're going with the, the three tight ends rather than the four that they did last year. It would seem odd to me. Maybe maybe they keep you – know, I hadn't seen that Johnny Stanton was cut or anything like that. I don't think he was – that's been reported yet. But nope. uh, so maybe maybe they 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 keep him and, um, you know, Andy Yanovic. So, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to see. I, I think that, you know, you have this deep wide receiver group and you don't want to, you know – you have you have you don't have to make a decision on Davion Davis right now because he's been suspended for two games, so he doesn't account towards the the fifty three. I believe that's the case, right? So, um, you know, you, you have some some flexibility there, and um, but I, they have deep skills, and so it's just I can't I can't really pinpoint exactly what it's going to look like here because you you never know if they're going to try to bring somebody in or, or get somebody off of the the waivers. Yeah, and look, there's you know people out there that are somewhat familiar with this system, and you know whether it's you know through the ties, obviously of you know Coach Stefanski and his Minnesota ties. So you know tinkering is always, and you know everybody thinking about the fact that you know we're by the time you hear this will be 12 days out of the Kansas City game, there's still more cuts to come. And look, you're always tinkering, you're always working. So as much as we think you know some of these people may be safe at the 52nd, 53rd spot on this roster. Very possible. That is just not the case right now. Uh, we're going to flip it up. We're going to go to the defense here. And this is the one I'm actually looking forward to because there's some players here that, you know, maybe made, you know, some strides here over the summer. And now we're going to be part of this 53, which we certainly did not see coming. PFF lead. That's still getting it, John. I'm still getting it. Lead analyst, John Costco, along for your latest Locked On Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NCAA football, the NFL, and all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book. Experts defensively, and John, I'm gonna re I'm gonna run it back. Um, last week we started with number 58 and Malik McDowell, and we both talked about this, John. And this was a thing where you know, is this train gonna pick up momentum? Is the wave gonna get bigger? And now, after some confidence last week, Malik McDowell, and granted, yes, you know, some of these players that he was abusing last night may not be part of the Atlanta Falcons. Also the Atlanta Falcons probably aren't going to be a very good football team is another story altogether, but Malik McDowell, John, this goes from where he was a name. The Browns were giving an opportunity to as maybe when summer started the seventh, eighth defensive tackle to where now the Browns have cut Marvin Wilson, who they put a big investment into. And this is shaping up where, it wouldn't be stunning, but yes, there's always that off-field issue, but it wouldn't be the absolute craziest thing in the world where maybe grade-wise, maybe not, but as far as production, Malik McDowell could end up being the most productive defensive tackle on this roster. Who knows, right? I, I, he was obviously two games in preseason. He's been very good. Um, last night wasn't as impressive as the first game. Um you know, his overall grade was was a 63.7 run defense was was a little lacking, but his pass rushing is what, you know, 
I think popped off the tape for, for a lot of people. And, you know, he had, he had a sack and some hurries and stuff like that. So there's, there is that to him. So uh, he's, he's an explosive athlete that, that you want, that you can line up along the, all the defensive line. You don't have to, you don't have to pigeonhole him inside or, or outside. You can, you can put them all along because of his, his size and his length. So he's, he is a guy that, I mean, there's a reason why he was, was 35th pick in the, in the NFL draft in you know a couple of years ago so there's a reason why he, he isn't he is an uber athlete that can that can move people and you know if every all the personal stuff and all the, the off-field issues are, are behind him and he can just concentrate on playing football and be a football player he can be a really effective football player for this for the Cleveland Browns so yeah he he might very might well be the, the you know the most productive defensive tackle on this team there's, you know, you don't have a real good standout. Obviously Malik Jackson is that guy, but um, you know, he is getting up there in age. So, you know, if, if Malik McDowell can, can, can lead this defensive line in terms of production, that would be, uh, wouldn't be a bad thing. And it certainly gives the Browns some flexibility to put together some really, really freaky nickel dime defensive line alignments uh, with just incredible athletes. Um, so that's something we're going to get to, especially with some of the cuts that were made um, within the defensive line room today. Again, we're going to get to that in two segments, three here. Um, John, I think a player that's kind of grown on me this summer a little bit, and he came to the Browns with a calling card of being a decent special teamer. Um, now with the opportunity and the opening of a backup mic, and granted may never pan out to see many reps, but Elijah Lee just seems like the type of guy that where you go to him and say, hey, kid, I need you to find a way to get this done somehow, some way. And he seems to be getting it done. He had a 43.4 grade yesterday. Oof. Um, there's some issues. The Browns yesterday in defense weren't good. So I know that they only gave up 10 points in a game. Um, and this is, you know, I'm kind of going on a tangent here a little bit of, of, of like more – what the defense looked like is that if that's what they're, you know, obviously it's not a final product or anything like that, but there was a lot of bust in that secondary. Um, this confusion of like being where to line up and then getting set, especially in coverage. And if you're going to do that against Kansas Chiefs, you're going to get roasted, right? So they've <laughs> got to clear up some communication issues that they they had in that game last night. Um, there was motion is kind of what was was, you know, screwing them up. Um, you know, the, the fourth and one play that uh, the corner route that was underthrown and you know, almost almost completely incomplete that Greg Newsom, you know, was, was trailing on. There was a there was a miscommunication on, on, on the motion, the jet motion that happened on that pre snap. Um, and you had A.J. Green kind of going with it and stopping and then, you know, taking on a different man that probably wasn't his. Um, not really sure what was going on there. They had another one where they had a deep crosser um, where you know, Sheldrick Redwine left the middle of the field and uh, the other safety, I think is Mofat, uh, who I just saw was, was released. released. Um, you know, they, they had a miscommunication on that. One of them was supposed to be in the middle of the field there to take away that crosser, but neither one was there and it was a cover three play. So they had issues in the secondary and allegedly wasn't, wasn't immune to that. The very first play he was, he, likely should have been covering Kyle Pitts. I can't say for sure, but it, you know, they were in cover three and it looked like he should have been there. Um, and they had a couple of those types of issues in that game last night. He's, you know, he's probably a guy that you can spot play in situations as a linebacker, but like you're saying, 
his prowess is probably as a in the you know the return games or the the phases. So if he can you know be productive there, um, I like his talent. I think he's you know if he cleans up like those issues he had. First two games were a lot better than last night. I don't know what was going on with the whole team in, in general with the communication there, but you know he had a, he had a sixty five in the first game, sixty nine point one in the second game, much better in coverage. You know he was around seventy in both of those, so that's better. I, I like that type of a if you can get that uh, that quality of play from him if you need him to play, that's good, right? Obviously last night was not not indicative of that, but I think what he's what we've seen from him for most of this preseason has been good stuff. Sorry for the long-winded kind of tangent I went on there with the defense not playing up to my liking last night. Well, if Mr. Costco feels the need to take the lectern and school a little bit, John Costco certainly has the right to do that. Now, John, obviously since you kind of just took this defense to task a tad bit, <laughs> how about you point out those who maybe deserve an attaboy from last night? Um, it was interesting. Um, and I think the one thing that maybe we kind of learned is, you know, Tack McKinley, let's hope he's ready for Kansas city because outside of the two that we think are going to be the top edge players here. And obviously Andrew Barry and the coaching staff agree as several moves were made there today. Um, those were issues, but maybe some people deserve to be pointed out for maybe playing. Okay. Last evening. Yeah, so on the the top defensive performer last night, unfortunately, was cut today. And in, in Calvin Malvo, um, eighty nine point five grade uh, defense defensive end is going to be that's going to be a tricky spot because. But the thing is, if you look at the whole grades from just last night, I mean, like Joe Jackson was at a fifty eight, Port Augustine fifty eight. He got cut today. Curtis Weaver got cut today, fifty six. So like stuff wasn't good. They're all all those guys are down there. So yeah, Tack McKillen, they need him to be ready. And I would assume that they're going to be looking on the waivers for an edge defender because I don't feel comfortable with just four. You know, I think I think you might be good enough because if you have like the the position flexibility with with Malik McDowell, but still I I don't know. I, I think I, I'd rather have a better fourth option at that spot because they're keep they're keeping joe jackson is that what i i wasn't it seems to be 100%. trending this way yes yeah I, I would it seemed that one seems to be odd for me that they would keep him but we'll see how it shakes out um you know i i like his his hustle and everything like that but yeah i mean jordan elliott looked really good last night you know if we're going to stay on the defensive line type stuff um and players that did do well he was an 89.0 i think everybody saw the one play he just absolutely blew it up in a run game in the jordan elliott needed that last night it's not been the smoothest of summers jordan elliott needed to kind of put a basically some sprinkles on this because it's not been pretty up to this point yeah he's a guy that took a while to to like you know break out in college it is as basically his third year that he he really kind of broke out and he was he was like the all the second team all sec or was it first team all sec but if i remember though in his draft class though as far as a pff grade he was very he was number one very high he was number yes. one in pff grade and he was our third ranked edge ed, or interior defender so he's a guy that i think will should stay on the team so you can get him to keep developing i based on la, you know last year to this year he looks more explosive he, he used better usage of his hands um he's, he looks a little bit thinner you know trimmed up so i, I think he, he's progressing well and 
Uh, I, you know, I like what he's done. And then, uh, you know, other, other defense alignment, Andrew Billings, I know he gets a lot of hate. He was fine enough. He just doesn't flash. And he's not that type of flashy player. If you think so, Andrew Billings, anything about Andrew Billings, if you think about his game and you think there's a flash player here, folks, I'm no. sorry. This is not who he is. This is not who he's ever been. No, exactly. He's he's a run stuffer that he's just going to hopefully eat up space in that line and and you know hopefully bench bench press some people off of him. So um, I, I don't see him getting cut. Like people keep, I saw people thinking, oh, he's going to get cut. He's going to be a surprise cut. I don't I don't see that happening. I think he's you're talking about a veteran player that we we know what he can do in the in the regular season. You know, we, we know that he opted out last night or not last night, but last year so that, you know, maybe he's shaking off some rust this this preseason. That's fine. I think he's he's his talent wise. You need to have him on the team for sure. So, yeah, but edge is edge is a tricky situation. I'd say I would say because after the top two guys, it's like a monster question mark. So I'm pretty sure Andrew Barry is, is scouring the waiver wires for a guy or even calling up GMs for for potential trades. And I have some thoughts on that. And I, I think some people are trying to connect some dots here on this. And we're going to address that here in a second uh, as we continue through here uh, on your latest Lockdown Browns with Mr. John Costco. Rock Auto, folks, you all know the drill. They've been with us for years. They are a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. To shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it is your daily driver or your Sunday special, rockauto.com has you covered. Things as simple as floor mats, mirrors, they have all that. But major stuff, water pumps, head gaskets, things of that nature. Hundreds of manufacturers, rockauto.com has you covered in that way go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know the folks over at locked on sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com folks today i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle Direct stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. John, the thought process, and we kind of talked about this last week, is that maybe if you kept more defensive tackles and you keep 10 overall, you can look at a Malik Jackson and say, yes, he can play some defensive end. You look at a Malik Dowell and you say, yeah, maybe you want to see a little bit more of where this can go. Maybe you can put him at some defensive end. But the problem is right now, I think the most confidence you have at the defensive tackle position could be some sort of rotation of Elliott, Billings, and of course, Jackson and McDowell. So having these players maybe play outside too might be the fact that now you're going to hinder yourself on the interior. So you see Malvo released today. You see Porter Gustin released today. You see Curtis Weaver released today. 
and, and I'm with you here. I don't think this necessarily means that you're going to take some of these players and spread them around all over the defensive line because that may be one thing where you're spreading them out but still creating a weakness at some point. And that's going to be a difficult situation for this defensive line. So, yes, getting another pass rusher in here. Look, Porter Gustin, the athletic makeup, it, it never really matched. And now he's had the opportunity. I mean, almost a full season and a half with the Browns. It never got there. Weaver, another example. Malvo, yes, last night was in a, you know, a decent night. But we're talking about a player who I think is 26, 27 years old. And yes, even though he graded well last night, it may be just not be that there's got to be something done here, you know, because look, I, you know, one thing, you know, is that Jadavian Clowney has an injury history. Tack McKinley, there's something there. Obviously, we don't know what it is. Um, and to say, oh, or, well, Tack McKinley's in for 16 games. That's a really, really tough pill to swallow in that regards. And then you're talking about Joe Jackson, who's a player where you might say, it seems like he can set the edge and run, but we've never really seen much you know, from him as far as a pass rusher. Um, and you certainly don't want to get into a situation where, all right, well, then we'll just start blitzing more because you know that's going to create all sorts of havoc. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely going to do something, right? Because And also, like, Joe Woods last year didn't wasn't a heavy blitzer. When he was with the Broncos as a defensive coordinator, he was a heavy blitzer, so... I don't, you know, he's he's the type of defensive coordinator that's going to suit his, you know, scheme and his play calls to what his talent is. Uh, I think I think that's been evident. That was definitely evident last year. Um, so far in this preseason, I'm seeing a heck of a lot more man coverages from from him than I, you know, we did last year in in 2020. So Joe Woods is going to have it figured out. I I have, you know, he he got a lot he got a lot of crap last year for not having talent on his in his secondary and having injuries and stuff like that. Like I thought he did a phenomenal job last year to be able to tailor his defense and adjust his defense to what his, you know, what the players did well. And he, I, I don't, you know, I think he's going to be able to do that again this year, but the, the thing is the Browns do need to look at that edge again, because right. You don't want to, you know, we talk about, you know, Malik Jackson and Luke McDowell being kind of these movable pieces that you can do on the, on the defensive line, but, you really need to have some set positions for them so they can get good at those core roles. And then you can utilize some mismatches when you, when you have, you know, advantageous situations like second and long and third and long. So yeah, you you need to be able to have your defensive tackles be defensive hat tackles and allow your, your edge rushers be edge rushers so that you can have, you know, build that chemistry, build that confidence in that core role um, when, when you have normal situations. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what what Andrew Barry does. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I'm just as you know privy to anything that you know everybody else is in terms of if he's talking to teams or anything like that. Um, but you know, I, I would have to wait until cut down time and you know basically give it another forty eight hours to breathe to see if there's other other moves that are going to be made. No doubt about it. Um, so we got a question or two here, um, and this one is Tommy Togiai, the worst performer, John, in PFF preseason history. Really? Wow. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know. I'm assuming that it's not I'm assuming he knows and it's not been very good to this point. Yeah. Um you know that's that isn't it wow okay 36.5 that's pretty bad um <laughs> for the whole preseason. 
man, you'd like to have seen some type of progress from him, but really it, there was none from a grade aspect. Um, and he definitely got enough snaps, got 105. You know, is, when it when that happens, essentially, as a pass rusher, you know, he's getting nothing done as a pass rusher. Um, he has three, two hurries, one last night, one in the first game. Um, one was unblocked, and so he had only basically one win from a pass rushing standpoint on a 73 pass rush snaps. That's, that's obviously not good. So he's a guy that obviously what you've seen in preseason doesn't indicate that, Hey, this guy's going to turn out to something. But what we saw in, in college is that he was a late bloomer. Like, you know, like we talked about with, with Jordan, Jordan Elliott. Um, and you hope that you can maybe keep him around and hopefully not play him often because based on this preseason tape, it, you know, and the grades, just the grades alone, you're not, it's just not good. Right. So you, you don't want to see him out there in, in real live action. That's going to matter. So maybe bring him along slowly, you know, put him in spot situations and figure out what he's good at and let him do those good, those things that he's good at. Um, but yeah, you're hoping that he'd be more in line with like an Andrew Billings because, you know, he's, he's that big ox type guy like Billings is and you'd be able to spell those guys. But yeah, I think it's, this <clears throat> it's a, that's an issue that's a big issue right there because that's just not good john i think one thing and maybe where everybody's got a little pause and hesitation certainly is on the defensive side but in the grand scheme of things this summer we have not seen miles garrett we have not seen jadavian Clowney. we have not seen denzel ward we haven't seen grant Alpit. we've seen minimal amount of ronnie harrison and one thing we've all said is, you know, this defense week one, nobody knows what it's going to be. But you think with the amount of talent they have overall, and once you start getting your best 11 on the field, yes, it's going to take a little time. Yes, there's going to be learning, you know, your teammates' tendencies. There's going to be learning of, you know, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You know, do I have to let you understand, like we used to see with Joe Schobert, no, Mac, I need you over here. You know, are we going to start to see players who are overall better talent just starting to see things through the same vision and the same unison, where essentially you you don't have to make it known to the quarterback, let it make it known to a wide receiver that this adjustment's being made because this is the spot he needs to be in. He didn't realize on his own. So now I basically have to out him which maybe makes the offensive job a little bit easier. But we've not seen this defense play together yet, period. They yeah. have not taken one rep yet together. Granted, Kansas City is not the best draw week one, and it'll certainly maybe show you a lot of things that are going to need to be worked on. But any issues you might have with the defense, we haven't even come close to even seeing anything close to what this defense is going to be in 2021. Right, exactly. Like I was, I was talking about, like these miscommunications that were happening at you know the beginning of us talking about defense, and that a lot of that had to do with guys that are not going to start. So you know, or guys you, who are already gone. <laughs> guys, guys that are already gone. There's, there's a reason why Sheldrick Redwine was, was cut, and there's a reason why Richard LeCount is is on the team because he actually performed extremely well this preseason. He had an 81.7 last night. Um, you know, had a good good pass breakup on on a. A crossing, I think it was a crossing route or something like that. Um, he's against been, he's been active in past, he's been very, very active. I mean, I, I remember, I remember we talked last week and he said the tackling was a little suspect against the Giants, but one area of the aspect where he's looked good and which is key for safety is 
he's looked good around the ball. Yeah, he looked looks good around the ball. Looks good in in coverage. Um, had the one like he like I said last last week he had the issues of tackling and also the one bust in coverage or whatever, and that's going to just tank your grade. Um, you know when it's when it's on a small sample size like that. Uh, but yeah, he he's he's looked good. And it, you know you had John Johnson out there in, in a game last night with with Ronnie Harrison. Those guys looked fine. Um, you know. John Johnson had the, the tackle short of the sticks, didn't allow any, you know, yak after, you know, after the catch, so yards after the catch, yak after the catch. It's kind of like a redundancy there. But, um, right, we haven't seen this defense in its full. I, I we talked about it this summer. This team is going to have some issues early on on the defense because of communication. That's going to be the case, especially with a defense like Joe Woods, where they they're a double call defense. So they're going to be switching what they do based on emotion and stuff like that, or based on formation. Uh, so one, they'll have two two. And I, I've said this before, I believe, but they'll have two calls that come out of the huddle based on the formation. They'll call one of them if they shift. They'll have, they, they might go into the other one. So that requires a lot of communication, and you that doesn't come overnight. That's going to take time, especially when you have a lot of new starters on this defense. And I think you've got smart leaders on that defense to allow it to happen. And you've got enough, you know, returning guys to help out everybody else that's new. Right. So it's going to, you know, I, I kind of equate it to like last year where the offense was kind of hit and miss in the first six weeks of the season before they hit their stride. Defense, I think, is going to be that way this year. And I think defense was that way last year anyways, but that was this kind of lack of talent. I think this year they have a lot more talent. It's going to take a few weeks for them to really hit their stride. I mean, this first game, you really might see like a, you know, an absolute, you know, just shootout, like 45, 42 type, type game, because I, I don't know if this defense is going to be able to hang with the, the Chiefs based on based on just all the new faces and stuff like that. Well, and one thing I keep trying to explain to people too is the Chiefs are breaking an entire brand new offensive line. So we have no idea how that's going to work out. And luckily for the offense, you know, granted, we haven't seen much of Jarvis Landry, obviously, just through practice. I haven't seen much of Odell Beckham. But there's no question that obviously everybody knows what's going on. The page, I mean, once you get to the point where your sixth, seventh wide receivers, your fourth, fifth tight ends know what's going on, your fourth, fifth running backs look like it's going on. You probably probably get a really, really good idea that the starters know what's going on as well. So yeah, maybe you're gonna have to ride the offense here for a little bit in the beginning of the season. And there That's is not a bad thing. No, no, look, this is you know, for this to go where it's gonna go, this is what you paid Nick Chubb for. This is what you were negotiating with Baker Mayfield for. Hey, you know, guys, you know, we want to be talked about one of the elite teams. And most of the time, anybody NFL-wise, John, when they talk about elite teams. They talk about it, the offensive side of the ball first. Yes, because that's what drives wins in this in this league. Um, you don't talk about the New England Patriots and what a what a phenomenal defense they had for for two decades. You talk about the fact that Tom Brady was the quarterback of that team and he was leading them to Super Bowls. You don't talk about Peyton Manning and his his vaunted defenses that he was able to take to the Super Bowl four times, four times, uh, AFC Championship also multiple times as well. You talk about the quarterbacks, and because the quarterbacks drive this league, and the offense drives this league. And yes, can an, a, an elite, elite defense win you a Super Bowl? It can happen, sure, but you need that quarterback to be able to take you there. And I think that from an from an offensive standpoint, if the Browns can be a top three offense in the NFL, you look at it last year. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the top offense from like week seven throughout the 
the rest of the season. You want to be clicking at that time, like the Browns were. And I think if they had the talent on the wide receiver group like they do now, it it would have been a lot better of an outcome maybe in the playoffs for the Browns. So I think if they can continue that on and just keep moving, the offense is what is going to drive this bus, essentially. And you just need the defense to not be a sieve. Like they were in situations where they get up big in games, and then all of a sudden it's like, why is this a one-score game now? Well, because you're playing players like Robert Jackson and things of that nature, which hopefully is not the case. And, you know, obviously going into this season, um, the Browns did get a favorable bounce this weekend, and I hate to say it because you know I love J.K. Dobbins, um, but the Ravens took a significant blow um, this weekend, obviously losing a player of that ilk. But John, how crazy is it? We're talking about some of these players and we're using a phrase of they're not bad, but they're not good enough to make the Cleveland Browns right now. It's just insane to utter those words and literally have them come out of your mouth and it'd be true. It, it is. It is good to have a stacked roster. And like, this you, is kind Cal- of- like Cameron Malvo, who had an 89.5 last night. He would have been starting week one about two to three seasons ago. Now he's just not good enough to be here. Is not good enough to be here anymore, right? It, it's it's funny too because like in the past where it's like you, you think uh, as a you know I, and I heard this all the time where it's like the Browns would be deep at one position and they're weak everywhere else and it's like oh let, let's trade this guy because we need to get this p- position boosted up. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's let's try to con- just build the talents around. We don't we're not, we're not one player away from from winning anything right now. You need to. You need to build your team. You keep your good players. You don't just, oh, this guy's good. Let's let's toss him away as an asset now. So I, I think with, um, you know, the with the Browns, it's just it's great because obviously you you have the competition level just rise rises right. It just keeps going up and up and up, and you know because of the talent that's on this team. So it's 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 a good, obviously it's a good problem to have now. Whole new world. It's a whole new world. He is John Costco, lead analyst from PFF. Um, I, I always enjoy talking with John. I know you listeners enjoy this aspect brought in week in, week out. That's why we've continued to do this over the years. And honestly, I don't know if you guys, whether you liked it or not, I like talking about John. So that's a good enough reason to keep him in here. Yeah, I like talking spot. to you too, Jeff. And uh, Miss Ashley, thank you so much for making sure John got his proper cat nap in as we did a little bit later than normal. Um, it's a little different on us family people. You see, John's already in school mode. Um, here in the White House in New Jersey, we are not in school mode yet, but soon enough it will be. Make sure you're following <laughs> at John Costco three. Show itself at Lock On Browns. Throw a follow over there. We're closing in on 10K. Let's get that done, please. Um, Let's go. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Uh, you know, any questions you have, ideas for the show? You know, you're more than willing to hit me with that stuff. Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. Make sure you are following or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews. Always appreciated, my friends. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. We'll be with you the rest of the week covering roster cuts. And, of course, now all eyes on to September 12th, 425, as the Browns will travel to Kansas City to play the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, this has been your daily, uh, your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.